0: What was the best picture? That- <laughs> oh, I thought I would just mix it up a little bit. Go ahead, Mike. Go Are ahead, you Mike. trying to. To roll reverse here? Is that what's going on here? I don't know. It just came to me and I thought I would go with Wow, that, that was very, very <laughs> rude. This is Best Picture this, where it's always
1: Oscar season. I'm Mike.
0: And I'm Brian. In this show, we reevaluate every best picture nominee from the twenty first century and decide whether to keep it or kick it from its Oscar pedestal.
1: But if you kick this one, Brian, I can oh. only imagine that you're either an evil, emotionless, miserable human being or you're a robot.
0: You never know what what I'll kick. <laughs>
1: Today's movie was nominated for no Oscars in 2009. But if there
0: were a watchability category, mm. I'd like
1: to think that it would be on the ballot. The film is 500 Days of Summer. The director, Mark Webb. Here's the trailer. I love the Smiths. Sorry? I said I love the Smiths. You've you've taste music. You like the Smiths? Yeah. To die by your side is such a heavenly way to die. I love
0: him. Holy. This is a story of boy meets girl.
1: They made a statue of us. The
0: boy, Tom Hanson, grew up believing that he'd never truly be happy until the day he met the one. The girl, Summer Finn, did not share this belief. You should know up front, this is not a love story. I think we should stop seeing each other. Just like that? Just like that. We start from the beginning and tell us what happened. I tried to talk to her in the copy room. She's totally not happy. Maybe she was just in a hurry. And maybe she's an uppity, better than everyone, super skank. In college,
1: they called me perfectly adequate
0: and handsome.
1: used to call me anal girl. I was very neat and organized.
0: Do you have a boyfriend?
1: No. Who needs it? We're young. Might as well have fun while we can. Wait, wait.
0: What happens if you fall in love?
1: You don't believe that, do you?
0: What? It's love. It's not Santa Claus. I think it's official. I'm in love with Summer. I love how she makes me feel. Even have a boyfriend? Of course. What happened? Why, why didn't they work out? What always happens? I'll
1: <laughs> so get over her. I don't want to get over her. I want to get her back. We've been like Sid and Nancy for months now. We have some disagreements, but I hardly think I'm Sid Vicious. No, I'm Sid. Oh, so I'm Nancy.
0: The Sid and Nancy moment is great. It's interesting. Uh, same thing that always happens to derail relationships, life. Is that kind of a Coen Brothers um, moment in the movie? Maybe not. The film, this film received best original screenplay at the Satellite Awards. Okay. Best Screenplay at the Independent Spirit Awards. Okay. it's so nominated for Golden Globe for Best Musical or Comedy. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt was nominated for Best Actor in Musical hmm. or Comedy. So it didn't get any Oscar buzz, but it certainly was taken seriously yeah, yeah. among the Gold Derby. Um and Scott uh, Neustadter and Michael Weber are the screenwriters. They eventually did were they eventually were nominated for an Oscar when they wrote The Disaster Artist several oh, years, several years that. later. So the movie was made for seven and a half million, made sixty million in the box office. Eighty five Rotten Tomatoes. Don't, don't don't interrupt me before we get to Rotten Tomatoes, please. Sorry, sorry, please, sorry, sorry. sorry, sorry. We don't interrupt each other in this show. Oh, no. I wouldn't of dream deal. of it uh 76 metacritic so we'll do some questions trivia keep it or kick it
1: so i'm thinking about the screenplay thing mm-hmm. and it's interesting because this movie it it plays with the form a lot and a lot mm-hmm. of sort of um annie hall type ways you know it's 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 inspired by annie hall um, in many ways absolutely yeah uh but experimenting with this sort of um rom-com form through fantasy and and whimsy and i i did think like that is a screenplay thing right because that is written but it's a little more complicated because it, it could be handled so many different ways through the direction and and everything else so do you think that 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 it should be a? I mean i guess it makes sense to be a screenplay thing and not a different uh you mean category? The, you
0: mean the screenplay got maybe more credit Then the movie overall, like it should have been, uh, the movie should be rewarded. Maybe,
1: maybe that's what I'm saying. Maybe that's it.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's always hard to separate. Like, is it like if, if, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe Deschanel didn't deliver those lines well, like they did, they're like pitch perfect throughout. Yeah. Yeah. They're really good. Would they, would they, would that have worked? If the screenplay didn't wasn't as good, or vice versa, and mm-hmm. is the cinematography to get you, do you give credit to the cinematography cinematographer or, or the, the director? director? Yeah, I don't know. I I think it's all a big collaboration. But um, so fair on question? that on that note, the mm-hmm.
1: movie is about rom coms. I think as much as it is a rom com itself mm-hmm. and the physicalizing of the character's thoughts and ideas and all that through fantasy like we just talked about plays a huge role. So-
0: Similar to Precious, actually. I didn't really think of that till just now, but... Yeah, Some of those yeah fantasy. that's a little
1: bit there. Yeah. Um, so do you feel like that approach works in kind of reinvigorating the rom-com form, which, you know, could Did be... Did it need
0: to be reinvigorated?
1: <laughs> Listen, I think I've kind of decided <laughs> that I'm like a huge rom-com fan. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've come to terms with that. I, I rewatched When Harry Met Sally the other night, and I was like, this movie's amazing. I love it. <laughs> it's so good. But I really like this one, too. Mm-hmm. And do you? what do you think? Do you think that those flourishes, that stylistic experimentation reinvigorates what could be a very bad movie form or is is this movie just kind of coasting on the gender uh reversal
0: um i i think that that all the experiments that they're trying in the movie work um work well like uh you know i i'm kind of shocked when i see joseph gordon levitt walk down the street and then in his reflection is actually Harrison Ford. Yeah. It's great. Um, but it, it worked, Mm -hmm. you know, and the cartoon bird, it works. Um, just everything about it. Like, you know, that there's a little bit of a, of a campy style of acting from Joseph Gordon Levitt, just enough that I think it buys you certain credits toward doing some fantasy, you know, Mm -hmm. weird, weirdness. Um, just
1: enough to know that this isn't real life. Yeah.
0: And, and, The, the 500 days, you know, it's this gimmick, but it's like over the top. We're just going to put the gimmick right in front of you. And you know, here, Mm -hmm. here it is the voiceover, same thing. Yeah. The voiceover is like, it's tongue in cheek, you know, the whole time. Um, James Earl Jones. It's not James Earl Jones, but it does does sound kind of like him. Cause I actually looked it up, I actually looked up who it was because it sounds like the same voice as the little children voiceover. Oh yeah, it a does. few years before, and they're not the same voices. Hmm. Um, it was. I, I wish I still had this up, but not do. James Earl Jones. We it's can not we James can confirm that. <laughs> no, it's not James Earl Jones. Um, so yeah, I think that I think that all the little flourishes worked well. I assume you agree with that.
1: I definitely did, and first of all, yeah. I do think that the role reversal here, the gender thing, is important because I think that it yeah. modernizes this
0: for one. It's not the girl pining after the prince. Yeah, the girl's the one who says, I'm not looking
1: for anything serious right now. She wants to avoid labels and commitments. And usually that's like, men, they can't commit, right? Like that's been the thing with rom-coms forever. And it's like, those guys are villainized just because they didn't know exactly what they want when they're 25 I, years I old. I always
0: sympathize with the extremely attractive boyfriend at the beginning of rom-coms. Yeah, I, they
1: always last. <laughs> and then like the, the the guy from the farm in the Hallmark Christmas movies, mm-hmm. he swoops in, you know. The
0: as-you-wish guy.
1: Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> um, but this movie does not villainize. Chanel for the, for the Not most part, I mean, for the most part. Yeah.
0: Like it, it, it you, <laughs> you seem like you're going in that direction. And then she reminds us, I told you from the beginning that I wasn't looking for anything serious and I think it sort of saves it. Although I, I, I sort of, I understand that there's a lot of things that she does that makes it seem otherwise, but yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: Um, but favorite flourishes. I want to talk about that for a second because I think mine, I've got a clear winner. The expectation versus reality split screen sequence.
0: Yeah, that's really good.
1: When he goes over to her party and he's expecting expecting this relationship to be rekindled, um, all because of you know his past <laughs> with pop culture and like what he is, has kind of been trained to believe happens again. Logical and linear storylines. Did
0: the pop songs lie? <laughs> it
1: couldn't be. It couldn't be. So on the one side of the screen we see how he thinks it's going to play out, and it's like very intimate and they're very close. And on the other side of the screen it's how it's actually playing out and he's kind of just lonely and realizing oh she's actually engaged now Mm -hmm. and it doesn't go his way and then he kind of runs out of the apartment Mm -hmm. onto the street and then it kind of devolves into this animation breakdown Mm -hmm. where the whole world kind of turns into Mm -hmm. a blueprint that then gets erased and he's just like left on a white blank and i think
0: i'm watching sin city all of a sudden (laughs) not really but even (laughs) that moment with the black and white the animation like it still it didn't shock me that mm-hmm. that happened and it's no. like okay yeah i'm 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 here for the whatever the ride is gonna be on this movie
1: yeah and it this movie is so much about that we're a culmination of of our pop culture that we grew up with and our hobbies and you know our dreams or whatever and he wants to be an architect and so all of that kind of collides in that sequence where all of a sudden the city becomes a blueprint of a city mm-hmm. and then it's kind of Paired down to the blank page, which is like the beginning of creativity. And that's where all this pop culture starts. So it's like this kind of cycle that's kind of commenting on creativity, but also um, using it to to express what the character is expressing. And
0: Indeed. And a lot of
1: other movies, I think, would have had this breakdown scene be much louder. And I don't even think that we even hear them talking because... It's a montage. We've, we've got like a Regina Specter song playing, and I don't even know if we hear their, their dialogue. Yeah, I don't remember. But you don't need it, even yeah. if we don't hear it, because we kind of know what's happening. We
0: know it from because we've watched other rom-coms. Yes. <laughs> um, so, first of all, this, the, the movie was based on a uh, real relationship that Scott Neustadter had, a couple different ones that he kind of blended in, but he said it ended painfully and unforgettably awful. Um, we've all been there, Brian. And it prompted him to write this movie. Um, the director, Mark Webb described it. He said it was more of a coming of age story than a rom-com, which I think is also a winning combination. Like, you know, treating it like that. Yeah. Um, he said, I wanted to make an unsentimental and an uncynical movie, something you could dance to. Um, that's why we put parentheses, the parentheses in the title, because it's like a pop song in movie form. I don't know if that's like, because mm. you know, sometimes you see a little playfulness mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not big. It's not about war and poverty. He said it's about five hundred days in a guy's life, but that's no less deserving of scrutiny. He said, when your heart is first broken, it consumes you unquote. yep, and i i I, I like that about the movie. It's not trying to do more than what it is. It's kind of slender in some ways, but it's also, About the biggest, you know, the most commonly told story about, you know, just a love story, boy meets girl. Yep. So um, did you, how does he achieve this uncynical, I mean, there's a lot of irony in the movie, a lot of like ironic, you know, uh, stance, I think, but the movie doesn't feel cynical. It feels like very sincere. How does he accomplish that? Is it with all these flourishes somehow? And how do they translate into... I
1: I think the flourishes have something to do with it. And I think that finding the funny does, you know, this movie is not just about like, it doesn't take it totally seriously when he is very, very sad. And that only happens years later, you know,
0: in retrospect. I think the biggest key to finding the humor, the friends are fine. mm -hmm. But... Oh, don't tell me you like the little sister. Chloe Grace Moretz, you didn't uh, like her? I think she's the
1: worst character. But she's movie. so good. She's a little girl. What are you guru. talking about? She's like the smartest one, it's, is articulate. It's, and it's she's over like the 10 top.
0: It's over the top. She's so wise. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it might be PMS. Well, how much do you know about PMS? More than you do, Tom. <laughs> there, She delivers, I think, very well in this movie. I think that <laughs> the humor plays a big part in it.
1: When he's really sad, we see it through the lens of pop culture. So we see him yeah. like in a French art film and his balloon gets popped. Or we see him in the Seven seal playing <laughs> chess playing with chess. death. <laughs> <laughs> suffering, suffering, yep. so much suffering. Um, I think that's part of it. But also the, the fact that it, this movie kind of goes out of its way to not villainize Deschanel, like I said. Yep. But I want to talk more about that because sometimes I thought... Are we bending a little bit too much to not make her the villain, despite some of the actions? because this is definitely a movie that's about us wanting us seeing what we want to see, right? And sometimes other people get caught in that crossfire. But is there a villain here? Is, is she leading, Chanel wrong? Or is she is leading him on? j g l wrong? Is anybody wrong?
0: Is she leading him on? I think that when they have the scene and she says, "I can't promise you." how I'm going to feel tomorrow in the future. I think she's being totally honest about that. Mm -hmm. And it could be that when she does fall in love with someone and gets married to that person, it might be that it was just as much about timing and her coming of age as it was about, it wasn't the right guy. Yeah. Like sometimes I think you have to, I think everybody's afraid of what if I fall out of love with this girlfriend? How can I possibly get married? Isn't that really why anyone, why you question getting married? Cause like, I don't know if I'm going to always feel this way. I feel this way now. And I, so I think that's a really honest kind of, she's being completely honest with him and he doesn't like that. It's painful that she's saying she might fall out of love with him someday. But the reality is that he will too. I mean, He's going to fall in love with this other beautiful woman who's sitting there getting, you know, at the job interview at the end. Um, I think, side note, that that is one of the the things I like the most about the movie is that the ending, I mean, it may not be 100% perfect, but I think it's a very strong ending. Mm -hmm. And a lot of rom-coms kind of have a very hard time wrapping up in a way that's not just unsentimental or... Or, and, and the movie that, sort not of is, is brave anymore. enough
1: to say that just because you love somebody at some time does not mean that you're going to end up with her. And yeah. what you're saying about timing, I think, has uh, plays a big part in why the second <clears throat> girl's name is Autumn and not yeah. Summer. You know, <laughs> that that means something.
0: There's a, there's a um, the the voiceover at the end is kind of like giving a, you know, giving the moral of the story at the end. And um, I'm trying to see if I, I think I made a note of it. Um, he could feel the wall. Yeah, I don't think so. I think that was the right <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> wrong note. Um, <clears throat> but like, it's kind of saying at the end that, you know, he learned that there was no, you know, no meaning to it or whatever, or at least that's what he was trying to tell himself. Um, but I think that, it, I don't know, it, it, it comes together in a way that it's not like it's, it's, uh, discounting all the pain that he just had and it's not making it all sunny at the end, mm-hmm. but It's it's just it's
1: got a a more um, reflective perspective on on young love. You know, it's not discounting it, but at the same time, it is saying just because someone also loves the Smiths doesn't mean that you're. That's what Chloe Grace Moretz
0: says. Just because she likes all the same weird stuff you do doesn't mean you're falling in love. But that
1: scene that we hear in the trailer that he hears her or she hears him listening to the Smiths. And he's just kind of blown yeah. away that she
0: likes it. just kind of shows some immaturity in, <laughs> on his part.
1: Yeah, he's like, holy, it's it's <laughs> so great. Like, oh my God, I cannot believe that yeah. there is somebody else in this universe that likes the same music yeah. that I do. Like, how is that possible? But all that being said, mm-hmm. but the second time that they meet, they're, when they're going to go to this wedding, this is after I the-
0: I can't keep track of when the second time they met. This
1: is after the sort of breakup. And they're going to go to their friend's wedding. And he meets her, I think, outside of the train or on the train. Mm-hmm. They have the full train ride to the wedding. They spend the entire wedding together. They she doesn't say together. once. She never yeah. mentions that she's in this like, super serious relationship You're right. and going to be engaged.
0: She is a villain. That's. I don't think that she's a villain.
1: <laughs> but I think that, that the movie is kind of... It might be I a think that of that's a weak hole. point, yeah, yeah, where it kind of um, it detracts a little bit from what the movie's trying to do because mm-hmm. I I would say that that kind of is objectively kind of not a cool thing to do. Yeah, I agree. Um, but it leads to the expectation versus reality split screen, which is my favorite moment. So I can't. It, it's worth it, right?
0: It also I think the the other, the other line from um, Chloe Grace Moretz's character is, "You're repl- um you're only seeing the best parts." Mm-hmm. And like, I think that kind of gives a little bit of, um uh, of wiggle room for everything in the movie, because we are just seeing his, his point of view. Like, did he, should he have seen her wedding, her ring, you know, before, um, mm. they were there this whole time. I, I don't know if, I don't know if she's wearing it at that point or not, yeah, but, 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 um, you know, like we're seeing it all through his point of view. So, um, everything i don't know maybe maybe uh, maybe she's in real in reality she's doing other things that he's not paying attention to
1: but only seeing the good parts yeah we do have sort of the same montage played twice where um they go look at a ringo star record they're in IKEA and that and then we see that same sequence played later Mm -hmm. but kind of more from an objective point of view rather than his while he was in love Mm -hmm. and we see that he shows the Ringo record to her and like, she doesn't care and yeah. they're in Ikea and she's kind of bored. And these are all things that he's kind of looking over because he wants his life to be like the movies.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, it is. It's very good. So uh, Toby Young from the times in the British newspaper, he gave it three out of five stars. And he said, um, it's hardly the freshest romantic comedy of the past 20 years, taking the best bits from other movies and rearranging them in a nonlinear sequence does not make for an original film. Does the nonlinear part, that's kind of the biggest gimmick of the whole movie, And I would say, just because structurally it's like, we're in love and then we're, you know, we're we're seeing him falling apart before we really see how they're falling in love. Mm -hmm. He's falling apart while they just met. Um, So it kind of maybe, maybe I'm answering my question as I'm thinking through it. Like that kind of shows some of the, the frailties of young love, because you're, you're seeing all those moments, you know, uh, back to back when really they take interminably, it feels like forever in that first week, you know, it's our one week anniversary, you know? (laughs) Um, So what, what do you make of the nonlinear sequence? And does it, um, that's not also the the first time that's ever happened, but uh, what do you think about that?
1: This critic has a point that it's, not original that it definitely is a gimmick but he's wrong that it's that it doesn't serve a purpose in the movie or that mm-hmm. it that it should be like a a negative because it does add some freshness to this movie and i think it's, it it plays such a big part in the comedy and if this movie is a comedy first which i think that it is anything that brings more laughs is is welcome you know mm. so if you really break it down this is a movie about him meeting this girl them getting together them breaking up and then him doing what always happens in rom-coms where he's like now time for me to work on myself and I'm going to read architecture books and
0: architecture montage.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then he's read a bunch of books and he's better off for it. And then it's happy at the end. That's
0: mm-hmm. the same that we always
1: see, but the gimmick hides it a little bit. And because like you said at the beginning, it never tries to hide the fact that this is a gimmick. That's kind of part of its charm for me. Mm and
0: the rest of the movie
1: is so playful also
0: i think that's really you know a characteristic of postmodernism you're using these gimmicks and you're not trying to hide it you're drawing attention to the gimmicks and it just it works i mean the, we, there's been a lot of movies we've seen that that have uh have done done that kind of thing um trivia 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 um mm-hmm. The director, Mark Webb, has directed over 100 music videos. A lot of, like, 90s alternative, early 2000s alternative. And he signed on recently to direct a live-action Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh, these live Joseph actions. Gordon-Levitt is the voice of Jiminy Cricket in the live-action Pinocchio. not the, the Zemeckis one? Not the Del Toro one, but the Zemeckis Ugh. one, which got very panned. But yeah. um, in 2010... Um, Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt replaced James Franco, who was going to be in Inception. thought that Hmm. was kind of interesting.
1: Was that after the scandal?
0: I don't know. Hmm. But anyway, that's why JGL is in Inception. Um, All right. Keeper to Kick It. Is this in your top five? Is it a contender? Is it for sure in your top five? I
1: I think I have to say that it's for sure in my top five. Mm -hmm. So... It's about the impact that pop culture has on our lives. Mm-hmm. And you know that for me, that's that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about that idea. Um, the movies and the songs and whatever kind of serve as mile markers for us in like marking time and memories. And this movie is all about that. Plus, it's a comedy. Plus, I saw it in, in a very impressionable time in my college life. Like that doesn't count. Oh, it's one hundred percent. This counts. is our.
0: This is best picture. Of this your past does not matter on this. I couldn't. I
1: couldn't disagree more. <laughs> my past is all that matters in this because just like this movie is having a dialogue with the mile markers in JGL's character's life, I can't watch this movie without thinking of oh, man, 15 years ago when I was in college, I was thinking about all these things mm-hmm. and I was going through all this stuff. Um, and that's important. You know, like that's baggage, good or bad, that I can't disconnect from this movie. Mm-hmm. So if I saw this this year for the very first time with along with all the other 2009 movies... I can't say whether or not it would be in my five. It's impossible to separate. It's
0: totally impossible, but I we love we, that about art. Like, that's but the we thing. owe it to the world to try, to separate.
1: I, I will not try, and I will not separate. <laughs> I think that personal experience, subjective truth is more important than objective truth when it comes to art. <laughs> and my subjective truth is that I cannot watch this movie without thinking of a time <laughs> in my life that was formative, and so it's in my five.
0: I think that... I mean, we, we've debated this issue mm-hmm. and I think that I'm kind of like, I don't know. I feel like, um, the, the, the problem with that to me, and I feel like we're this, we're, we're, we're separating here. Oh, We're showing like a little difference of opinion that we've <laughs> formed over a hundred plus episodes. I think that if you're trying to evaluate, you know, whether a movie is good, it's like, I mean we're we're tr- I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of those Oscar people. Mm-hmm. With 15 10 years depending on how where where we are of hindsight. Yeah. Like now that you know instead of just watching those five or in this case 10 Oscar movies, we're now going to gather in another 10 or t- you know 10 or 15 more movies that maybe have existed in pop culture a little bit longer and we're going to see how they stack up now. So I feel like my, I feel like part of my job is to try to be objective about it and try to say like, okay, I like this movie, but if I can't articulate it um, in a way that allows me to compare it to other movies, then I don't know if it's, if it's my valid, valid opinion. I totally get what you're saying. And I'm sure that what I'm saying is kind of impossible because I'm still evaluating it based on my personal, like, I said in, in our first episode that Star Wars, you know, was in my top five. Part of that is because of its impact on pop culture. Part of that is because I watched it a thousand times and it's kind of like, well, of course it's one of the most important movies ever made because it was one of the most important to me in my childhood. So I don't know if it's really possible what I'm talking about, but I think that, um, I think that's what we have to try to do.
1: I think that there is room in the list for both. And I usually do try to say, you know, objectively, I think that this movie is better than this movie. And so this is going to go on my list. And that one that was nominated is going to get kicked. Mm -hmm. But usually I have ones like this that are just like, they're like baggage picks. Like they're just the ones that are like a weird built-in part of my life. And Mm -hmm. if I have to only keep five movies from the year, I'll try to keep that in. On a stronger year this might've been six through 10. Yeah. But I think that this is one of the worst years that we've done. <laughs> Honestly, I do. Um, since the start of the show, like I think it's like bottom three years. Really? Hmm.
0: So there's room, there's room in there. There's room for a 500 days. Again, it was, it was uh if you're just looking at like people who are objectively trying to do it, we listed at the top of the show, the, you know the golden globes put it in their best picture category for comedy musical mm-hmm. um and it got a lot of attention for the screenplay um and these guys are definitely good they were eventually in the in the picture for one another movie that they made um so uh, I, I i don't i i certainly think that it's it's uh, it's i mean i put in my notes here keeper it's a keeper it's a but keeper. not my i don't keeper. know if i would say it's in my what i think are my favorite or what I think are the best movies of that year, the top Uh five, but I definitely like it. I have hardly, I don't know if I have any negative thing to say about the movie. I think it was great. I had a lot of fun watching it with my wife the other night. And I also um,
1: think that we have a tendency, not you and I, but the culture to, um, and I probably have said this before to, to kind of discount, uh, joy and the value of, of joy in movies. Like, like, oh, it's great to, to laugh. It's great to feel good in a movie. But like, that's a, that's a minor accomplishment. But I don't think that it is. I think that it's really hard. It's why you love rom-coms now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's why I'm a rom-com guy. Um, I think that it's hard to sustain that sort of level of um, comedic or stylistic surprise.
0: And that's, that's got to be recognized. Sustaining comedic surprise is hard to do. It's like, I was talking about, uh, Ace Ventura with my kids who haven't seen it at at the dinner table the other day. Ugh, and it's like classic the Ace Ventura, you can't really describe that movie. It's purely a hundred percent about Jim Carrey's delivery. Yes. That's all the movie is. Yep. It's just like, do you appreciate what he can do or do you not, do you find it annoying? Um, it, it, that it's all delivery it really and, it's and so there's true. there's so much about delivery in all comedy but when when it's pulled off zoe dashnell is great just deadpan um i don't know the acting is is perfect for the movie i think
1: one last thing that i'll say and then i'll i'll let this this go is that i i think that it's impossible to discredit our sort of personal context when we're evaluating movies, the BFI just released the sight and sound top 100 and yep. get out made the list. Yeah. And <clears throat> this is the first year. Uh, well, obviously, cause it only it's fairly new, but it's in there and we're talking about over a hundred years of movies. And we're going to say that get out is one of the top 100 of all time. <laughs> and that is clearly because people are very aware of the context in which it was released yeah, and yeah. how it's, it's important and how it changed. It. A lot of things. Um, there's a lot of in, there's a lot of importance that comes with that. Whether or not people will agree that it's a top 100 film in another 100 years, who knows? But the people who are voting right now were alive and well when that thing came out. Yep. And they're not looking at it as an historical artifact like they do movies that came out in the 40s. There's a
0: few that are in the 20s <laughs> that are made the list. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, all right. So it's a keeper. Don't know if it'll be in my top five. <laughs> Um, In the next episode, we talk about Avatar, James James Cameron's sci-fi fantasy epic about blue people. That's how everyone refers to it. I'm looking for Avatar. Oh, you mean the one about blue people? Yeah, that one. Um, Which, by the way, spent seven consecutive weeks at number one. Um, And it broke all kinds of box office records that were held by the second greatest movie of all time after Avatar. Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest Ugh, which I know is one gracious. of your favorites
1: yeah no 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 until then find us on social media or wherever else you listen and for 16 years of golden takes head over to letterbox.com slash Mike
0: to support the show visit patreon.com slash best picture this
1: thanks to WNZF and the illustrious Mark Gilliland for producing also please remember to rate review subscribe
0: and thank you for listening to best picture this the non-linear rom-com of film criticism Chicken!